What's up, everybody? Welcome back to LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Buyers Automotive. If you're looking for an auto, go to BuyersAuto.com and check out what they have in store for you, new, used, anything you want. They got it. Uh, Spencer, we're talking stuff about Ohio State getting pretty much whatever they want on the recruiting trail. Uh, commitment number five for the class of 2022 is in. It is Dasan McCullough, the country's seventh-ranked athlete, uh, probably a linebacker prospect down the road, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, which at almost six foot six and 220 pounds already, I guess there's a thought that he could develop into a defensive end. The thing about Desan McCullough is that none of those things matter, really. Okay, what you're talking about is a six foot six, two hundred and twenty pound uh, Ohio born athlete with NFL bloodlines, an NFL coach for a father, uh, and one of the type of kids that just change. It. I know I sound like a broken record. I say it all the time. Like this, the, these kids that Ohio State is recruiting are just so different than they used to be. And when I say used to be, I mean like 15 years ago. Uh, and he's just another great kid. And the, the Buckeyes had actually been holding off on Desan McCullough for the last couple months. He actually wanted to commit in the beginning of June. Um, but they wanted to get to know him a little bit better, wanted to meet him in person. And then they couldn't. And so today uh, it's official that he's uh, announced his decision. That came on the heels of a conversation with Ryan Day on Monday. What do you see? What do you uh, you've watched the tape? What do you see? Uh, big kid, massive kid, really. I mean, he looks huge, uh, but but he looks pretty almost slender. I think uh, he's going to grow into his body, and I think he's going to develop into a really nice player. Uh, but the versatility really stands out. You know, you 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 t- put the the hammer on the nail, uh, you hit the nail on the head, I guess, when you say that you know he could be a defensive end, he could be a, a linebacker, maybe his body. Uh, you know, transforms and he becomes something even even different than that. But, you know, yeah. you just don't really know where this kid's going to end up, but you know that you're glad he's in your class because he's a, a transformational athlete. Like you said, the NFL bloodlines really stand out. You can tell he's got good instincts. I mean, just a perfect fit for this defense, I think. He plays cornerback and safety at six foot six, 220 pounds for his high school, Blue Valley North, uh, outside of Olathe, Kansas, which is the exact same – uh, town that Clemson uh, star Isaiah Simmons now in the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals that Isaiah Simmons is from. And, and the comparisons are natural when you're talking about a, a big rangy athlete like that, that maybe doesn't have a position. I think Isaiah Simmons, you know, when he was going through the recruiting process, a lot of times that sort of athlete, they didn't get a higher ranking because people were just unsure of how they um, grow where they or where they go. But I think we've come around as an industry a little bit to the point where it doesn't really matter what position kids are playing. We've Again, we talked about it a lot here. This idea of positionless defense, whatever position Desan McCullough ends up playing at Ohio State, uh, it doesn't matter today. It does matter in recruiting, however, because uh, with five commitments in the class of 2022, we are now presumptively talking that three of them are linebackers. Uh, in a class that's going to need four or five linebackers. And, um, you know, the interesting thing here is that Gabe Powers, Desan McCullough, and C.J. Hicks are all pretty much outside linebacker prospects. I think Gabe could be, could potentially be a Mike, but they're all listed as outside linebackers in the future. 
So how do you go out and, and find another one or two? How do you convince another kid to, to, to join this class? I mean, what is the message? If you're, let's pretend you're Al Washington, Spencer. When you go out and you talk to Sean Murphy, who's an interior guy all the way, it's a different conversation than when you go out and talk to Jalen Walker over there in Salisbury, North Carolina, who I think Ohio State may have uh, as high on their board as anybody in the country still. What's the conversation you have with them? Well, you don't know where these guys are going to play. You really don't. You know, you can, you're recruiting positionless, and you can re- tell those guys, you know, we have a vision for you in our defense, but we don't really know where that vision is. You're just a great fit. And so when you have a guy like Gabe Powers, who I think is going to ultimately end up as a defensive end, uh, when you have a guy like Desan McCall, who you don't know where he's going to play, just, just keep going out there and throwing your best punch. I think that's all you can really do right now. Because you can't yeah. get these guys on campus to learn who you really, truly, like, number one guy want. You know, you're going to tell everybody they're your number one guy on the board, but you can't really figure out who that is right now. And so I think you just got to keep going after, you know, the biggest fish that you think uh, fit your program and just really, you know, hone in on that. Because like I said, you don't really know where these guys are going to play at. They're 16 years old. <laughs> right. And the thing is with, with Desan, and I, I want to underscore this point, that that's sort of the thing that changed, I guess. If anything changed – when it comes to him and Ohio State and why they, you know, opened the door for him to commit now, it's that really the, the belief is that there's not going to be recruiting visits for another probably five or six months. And how long do you expect a kid to wait? Uh, when he's made it very clear he wanted to commit to Ohio State, how long is too long to tell him to wait? And is it worth having him wait? When you look at all this stuff, the six foot six, the 220 pounds, the four, six forty, the fact that he's an incredible young man on and off the field, um, how long is too long to wait? And is it smart to keep waiting when Oklahoma, Texas, Clemson, all these other schools are starting to catch wind of the fact that maybe you're holding this kid off uh, and start to use it against you. But that's all kind of moot uh, as Desan McCullough as I said, is commitment number five for the class of 2022 for Ohio State. Now, the interesting thing here is that commitment number six for the class of 2022 may not be far away either, uh, as tight end Bennett Christian, who did make a a city visit to Columbus last weekend, uh, is making his college choice uh, public on September 1st. Now, a lot of people assume that Bennett Christian, who's the number 18 ranked tight end in the country, uh, will head to Tennessee because that is where his father played football. It's where his parents met. It's where both of his parents are alumni. Uh, he's visiting there this coming weekend to get a final trip in before making a decision. But it just seems like the type of kid that really has connected with Ohio State. And for some reason, I think that the, the connection that him and Kevin Wilson have, and Ohio State offered him before Tennessee did. In fact, they offered him the day before Tennessee did which I think for an intelligent kid, I think that there's pieces that get connected there, Spencer. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee probably thinks they have the kid in the bag because of the connections and everything. Ohio State offers, and Tennessee's like, oh, we're, we don't want to have to play catch-up. Let's, let's get on this now. Right. But I, I think that for, for a lot of kids, especially in the world of recruiting today, like, I think that they're savvy enough to understand – the way that that works. Um, I'm not saying he's not going to pick Tennessee. I, I, my personal instinct is that he's leaning towards Ohio State after talking to him uh, in Bermanology earlier this week. 
but, you know, that Tennessee visit looms large for him. 2022 tight end, and again, I'm, again, broken record here, but we've talked about this the last two cycles. In 2020, Ohio State wanted two tight ends, took one. Took, in 2021, Ohio State wanted two tight ends. They're going to take one. Now in 2022, they're going to want two tight ends. If Bennett Christian becomes the first one on September 1st, the chase for a second one gets interesting. There's a very talented tight end in, in, in Ohio named Elijah Brown down at Wayne Huber Heights High School. He's got offers from Alabama and a couple other big schools, but not Ohio State. Do the Buckeyes go shoot for the moon and go try to find like a big time national guy? Or do you just say, hey, this kid's in Ohio. He's a six foot five, 240 pound athlete. You know, I, I just think it's fascinating because tight end is so interesting in that a lot of people think Ohio State doesn't use the tight end correctly. And it's such a developmental position that if you see a kid who's a six foot five, 240 pound junior, my brain tells me going to be an offensive lineman, not a tight end. So, I mean, again, there's a about a kid who, when he gets into college weight room, is 6'5", 275 pounds. Yeah. So, I think for a lot of people who are out there wondering, like, what's Ohio State doing when it comes to a player like Elijah Brown, they're trying to figure out how these kids develop. Again, because, as you already said, Spencer, we're talking two more years of high school, and nobody's seen anybody play football in the last eight months. And they might not see him play football again this year. Well, they probably won't see him play football again this year. So how do you make these reasonable um, calculations? And I guess that's one of the things that I wrote about last week is there's so many questions out there and nobody's answering anything. So how do we get there? Where do we go from here? I just don't really know. Um, I do know that the visit for Bennett Christian to Tennessee that's happening this coming weekend, he told me he's leaving to go there on Friday. Um, you know, that's going to tell the tale for, for his recruitment. And he's going to make a decision on September 1st, no matter what. I think Ohio State is in the position to land him. So uh, that could be commitment number six in the class of 2022. And all of a sudden, then you have a class that without any football being played, without any in-person evaluation being able to happen, is really starting to take off. So it's a quarter um, full. A, a quarter full, exactly. And uh, how do you... It's going to be real interesting. This idea that like Ohio State was going to be uh, hurt by the Big Ten's decision or whatever appears to be incorrect. So let's turn the, the page a little bit. Uh, there was a lot of talk, Spencer, about Ohio State's top-ranked uh, target at wide receiver in 2021, Emeka Abuka. His plans to visit Oklahoma this coming weekend for the Sooner Summit. Uh, he apparently is not making that trip. He reportedly wants to decide soon, but he also reportedly wants to make sure he visits Oklahoma before making a decision. How do those things jive? Like, what happens? Does he wait and visit Oklahoma on his own and, and go and not go with the Sooner Summit? Like, what's the point, I guess, of that? I, I, I don't know. The whole thing is so weird to me. Like, when – our kids going to get on campus? And if they can't get on campus, shouldn't the NCAA just tell them they can't get on campus? I guess. But you can't really bar somebody from going and, you know, like you can't really tell somebody they can't go visit a school. 
if they right, pay but, for it and they don't have like the interaction, you can't really tell somebody like, Hey, you're not allowed to book this flight. Yeah. I think it's telling that he's not visiting this weekend because the point is here, he was going to go to Oklahoma this weekend because it was the, the weekend that Caleb Williams and a handful of other top Sooners targets were going to be there. Right. Tristan lay is heading out there. Um, it's one of those things that is Oklahoma's commits are making this push. And we talked to the Buckeyes commits about, you know, they want to do something similar and have everyone come hang out at Jack Sawyer's house, but he's not making the visit. If he goes back and visits Oklahoma three weeks from now, like there's still discussion, like maybe he'll go visit another time on his own. If he can't go visit um, and, and, and see campus and see facilities and talk to coaches and he can't go visit the weekend that all of the, the rest of the class is going to be there. I, I, like if I was Ohio state and I had my druthers, wouldn't you want him to go visit when he can't do anything and see anyone or, and go visit when he's not around a bunch of other players. Like to me, yeah. I just don't get, I just don't get the point. If you, if, if you want to commit soon, if you're a high school athlete and you can't visit, and you, I mean, why would you spend the money to go to Norman, Oklahoma and not see anything and not talk to anybody? I, I don't understand that. Yeah, it's really confusing, honestly, because you're just going to kind of – you're going to fly into Oklahoma City. You're going to drive. You're going to tow Norman. You're going to get in a hotel room. You might go get dinner with your family. Maybe go see the – literally go see the library. Right. And walk around their version of the Oval. And then yeah, you, you take a picture in front of a stadium, but go back to the hotel, hang out for the night. Uh, the next morning, get up and probably get on a plane to go back. Cause I'm not really sure what else there is to do to Norman, Oklahoma. You, you've been there, haven't you? I, I yeah, have. I mean, I've been there. It's not a knock on, on the town. It's a great college town, but in a right now, I mean, the NCAA has said that coaches can have, no contact um, with players, like if they if people see, do make a visit. See, but this is where Lincoln Riley's right. out to dinner and just happens to be at the same restaurant that sure the Abukas choose. You know what I mean? So, like right. So Bennett Christian visited Columbus last weekend, right? Now all day, I, as he drove up to Columbus on Friday, he can talk to Kevin Wilson. He can talk to coaches about where to go, what to do. But when he's actually in town, he's not allowed to. So then it's like, a visit. Then that's a visit. Because then, then it's a visit. If he's on campus, then they're not allowed to talk to him while he's on campus. That is so dumb. How do you delineate what's campus? I don't know. Columbus is Ohio State's campus in my mind. So who the hell knows? The point is, if, if there's this idea that Ohio State was trying to deter Emeka Abuka from visiting Oklahoma, like, I don't think that that's the case. Because if I was Ohio State, I would want him to visit Oklahoma right now as opposed to going when they're playing football yeah. and, and as opposed to when he can get into a building and sit down and talk to Lincoln Riley. Like I'd rather him go now if I was Ohio state. So um, either way, he's not going this weekend. And this concept, this, this like overwhelming uh, belief is that Caleb Williams influence is going to be the driving force in, in America's decision. Um, and I, I know Caleb is, is a, a, you know, a good player and, a, and it seems like to be a guy that a lot of other players connect with. But it seems like what, what can they possibly – what's the pitch 
to a kid like that, like other than, Hey, I'm highly ranked. You're highly ranked. We should play together. Like what, what is it? I think the pitch from a coaching staff would be different than a pitch from Caleb Williams because a coaching staff could point to Marquise Brown could point to, uh, to CD lamb. Whereas, and, and plenty of others, you know, dating back to Ryan Broyles and, or whoever else played. I think Ryan Broyles went to Oklahoma. Yeah. But, you know, all of those guys that, that have gone, come through and become really good NFL wide receivers or just had good careers. Uh, but the pitch from Caleb Williams would, would be, yes, hey, you are good at football. I yeah. am good at football. Let Let's us play, play football together. Like, like, that's not the case at Ohio State or anywhere else. I just don't understand this idea, like – Caleb Williams is a five-star quarterback. That's cool. So is C.J. Stroud. So is Kyle McCord. Like, that's so cool. Is, so is the, the – So is Sam Heward. Sam so Heward, is, yeah. Who, you know, I just – Emeka Abuka is such a different type of young person. And either he has, for the last year plus, talked about how what things are important to him in recruiting. And either all that stuff was made up or it wasn't. So, I mean, uh, Oklahoma is a good program. It's one of the five or six best programs in the country. Lincoln Riley is one of the best offensive minds in America. They obviously have a lot of talent, but, you know, they have a lot of positives, like the fact that uh, they don't have Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and G. Scott, all with four years of eligibility in front of them, especially if none of them get a chance to play this year because now all of a sudden everyone's on equal footing. But it just seems weird to me um, – that this has been driven home so much about Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. Like if Emeka Abuka goes to Oklahoma, it's because of Lincoln Riley. You know what I mean? So whenever he gets on campus there, if he makes a decision um, anytime soon, I, I just don't know how it can go work, work in Oklahoma's direction. But Well, I think also like Oklahoma also has two wide receivers in the two of their top three players committed are wide receivers. So it's not right. like he's walking into a situation where he's the number one guy, no matter what, you know, Mario Williams is a really good wide receiver prospect. Oh, and uh, they signed, and they signed the number one receiver class in 2019 with three of the top seven or eight receivers in that class. So, and all those kids like Jaden Hazelwood are still waiting to play. It's not like it's a roster that's depleted at the position. It's actually a roster that's way, probably better than it has been uh, top to bottom. Also, I mean, if if we're going to get down to the very brass tacks of this and, and finish the conversation, because, I, I again, we don't – are not talking down on a Mecca. We're not trying to make him – you know, convince him to go to Ohio State. But if it's a matter of both have a five-star quarterback, but, you know, the competition to get on the field is stiffer at Ohio State, I'm not sure Ohio State – I'm sure Ohio State will probably be like, okay, if that's what it comes down to, go to Oklahoma. Because Ohio State's not in the business of, of, of telling guys, hey, you're going to play right away. Yeah, I mean, and I think this is a, it's a valid argument. I mean, the, the reality is kids should go to where they think they can play faster. Like, that's smart. Yes. That's yes. good. That's good logic. Uh, but if that's your motivating decision, then why would Ohio State have been at the top of his list for the last year anyway? You know yeah. what I mean? Knowing like, what 2020 was. was right. You already knew this. You already knew that was there. So I don't know that that's really changed for Emeka. But I guess, again, we'll see. If, if the, the reports out there that he wants to make a decision in the near future uh, are true, then I, 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 without making a trip to Oklahoma, it seems unlikely that he would surprise everyone and pick the Sooners. But again, 
we're in such a weird time. Travion Henderson committed to Ohio State without ever visiting. We're t- we started this show talking about Tassan McCullough, a top 75 prospect in the country who visited Ohio State or has never visited Ohio State and is committed with two years of high school football left. Things are weird. I'm willing to add that asterisk to everything. Like, yeah. yeah. Anything can happen. You know, we can wrap it up on, on a boot. Like I said, wrap it up on a boot. But this is Brian Hartline's biggest test so far that he's had to go through as, as a, a, a recruiter, I think. I think it is because trying to, you know, you've had this guy at the top of your board. He's been at, you've been at the top of his, his list for a year and a half. Now you're trying to close. And this just seems like a big moment. You know, are, can they close on their second consecutive number one ranked wide receiver? Yeah, and, and that's the, the reality is that there's nothing that's changed in the last year and a half between Ohio State and Mecca Buka. The relationship there is as strong as it ever was. Uh, what is different now is that, you know, he, he's getting closer to making a decision and you have to really exhaust all your options and see what's out there. Um, but we also have to understand that there's no guarantee he's going to make a decision anytime soon because he's planning on playing football next spring in Washington uh, as, a, as a high school senior. So, there's a long way to go. And again, because the NCAA gives us no answers about anything, uh, we don't know when the signing periods are going to be. We don't know what the scholarship situations are going to be. We have literally no idea what's going to happen. Um, so what you can do is just count on things that have been consistent. And that's the relationship between Abuka and Ohio State for the last year and a half. Uh, we'll finish up this episode by talking about one more player, uh, 2023 prospect, uh, in Ohio, mentor high school uh, defensive end Brennan Vernon, who has picked up an Ohio State offer this last week, the first 2023 player uh, in Ohio to be offered by the Buckeyes. And, you know, when we're talking about the next wave of, of major, major talents in Ohio, Brennan Vernon, Luke Montgomery, who's been on Bermanology before, and uh, Trevor Carter down there at Ironton High School, like that trio – of defensive prospects is going to be really something to watch as things start to kick back up as Ohio football. Now, hopefully they get a chance to play. Um, hoping to get over to Mentor and talk to Brennan this week um, about his offer and get a little bit more in depth with him, but just watch, you know, that's an area that is extremely pro Ohio state as everyone knows uh, Ryan Jacoby and, and Noah Potter on the roster for Mentor right now, but uh as a 2023 prospect, so that means he just finished – he's still getting ready to start a sophomore year of high school. To get an offer from Ohio State, the Buckeyes had to see something really, really special in Brennan Burn. Yeah, and you, you know that it's, That's it's it. a real thing. It's a real thing. Like, I don't know what else to add to that other than, like, this kid is going to be special. You know? Yeah, and the thing is, if Ohio State offers a 2023 player from Texas, it doesn't mean nearly as much as an offer to a 2023 in Ohio. Like, well, Ohio to get a head means, start. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. In, Ohio, in, a, in a, a Texas offer, you're trying to get a head start. In a Ohio offer, you're trying to close it quickly. Yeah. Because you know, because you know how good the kid's going to be. Uh, right. I think we're going to get into it more as this uh, continued, never ending lull of a dead period continues. Uh, the state of Ohio is absolutely loaded in 2023. I mean, it, it, you could build one of the better. You can classes. build the you can build the core of a class. You can you're probably going to be able to build the core of your class around what's in state in 2023. It's just going to be yeah. one of those cycles where Ohio State has that built-in advantage. Yeah, I mean, and they need it because the reality is we don't know what's coming with college football, 
And that 2023 class may be the, the next class that sort of feels normal, I guess, because 21 and 22, the recruiting cycles have been so confused because of the COVID-19 stuff that you hope that 2023 is, is really the next normal group where we can see them in the spring and get a true evaluations happening. So um, just keep an eye on Brennan Byrne. And I don't think he's going to commit anytime really soon, but it makes a lot of sense that he'll end up being the first commitment in the Buckeyes 23 class uh, whenever he's ready to decide. He does have offers from Michigan and a few other big schools already. Um, but again, that's just a matter of Ohio State not wanting to mess around. As, as I've said before, when it comes to in-state prospects, the, the ideology under Ryan Day has been, if we're going to offer eventually, let's offer immediately. Uh, because they, they do know, like you can see it on tape, like who's got it. And Brennan Vernon uh, has it. So, uh, and it's visible on his freshman tape from Minner. So uh, let's wrap it up there, Spencer. Uh, that's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row and our good friends at Byers Auto. Thanks for watching, everyone. We will check you out next time. You know what? Thanks for listening to. If you're listening to this yeah. on the podcast, I always say thanks for watching, but I guess a lot of people just listen. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have a great day and night, whatever. Bye. <laughs>